0: Hello, we begin a new series of talks today on Search for Truth. I'm delighted you can join us, or thanks for tuning in, as it were. This 11-week series is called A Crisis of Identity, and the first talk, written by your Bible teacher, Brian Johnston, is quite a controversial and emotive one in our present social climate. Today, Brian asks, Is gender fluid? And he's given this talk, the title, Only a Girl Called David. So let's go to Brian to explain more.
1: Thanks, John. One of my childhood memories is of a contemporary of mine belonging to a family with whom my parents were close friends. They had a daughter called Susan. Susan, that's not her real name, was someone in a past day who'd have been spoken of as a tomboy. She grew up with two brothers, and Susan was a very bright child, and she took the unilateral decision to demand that she be known as David. Back then, people would humour a request like that, smiling patronisingly until the notion should wear off, which is what in fact happened. But not before an amusing anecdote, when Susan was once taken shopping by her mother in a large department store. You've guessed it, they became separated, and Susan came to the attention of the staff, who faithfully made the following announcement over the PA system – Attention shoppers, we have a lost little girl in the manager's office who answers to the name of David. I'm pretty sure there were more than a few amused or confused faces that day. Some children seem naturally to go through a temporary phase of wanting to be the other sex and to dress in other clothes, but then appear to grow out of it. That should argue against anyone trying to facilitate premature assistance with gender change. But it's increasingly noted that anything up to a third of boys and up to a half of girls persist in this behaviour, with some going on to identify as bisexual or same-sex attracted. I'm using the term boys and girls there according to what would have been their birth classification. What might be truly called a crisis of identity in gender terms has reached new heights in terms of its public profile in society and in the media especially. Bruce Jenner, American Olympic gold medal winning decathlete, made headline news in 2015 when he publicly announced his transition to a female, Caitlyn Jenner. Transgender people are, of course, those who identify with a different gender to the one assigned to them at birth. In some countries, to have their change of gender recognised, they must be medically diagnosed with significant discomfort or distress as a result of a perceived mismatch between their biological sex and their gender identity. They also need to have lived successfully for at least two years while presenting themselves in their adopted gender. But in places, these requirements are being simplified and the change is being recognised at earlier stages of life. This follows a move away from viewing transgender identity as a body image disorder or disorder of the mind and so it's no longer regarded as something to be treated. For almost 400 years, Western societies have settled the question of gender at birth. This has long been done by examining anatomy, supported by genetics and body chemistry, as well as appearance. Traditionally, there have been two options, male or female, Very rarely, a person is born with genetic or chemical abnormalities, but the two options of male and female are in agreement with the biblical description of humanity having been created as male and female. On the other hand, transsexual people are those whose biological sex is not in doubt, but they do feel emotionally and psychologically as if they have been born into the wrong body. Most people feel no mismatch between their biological sex and their sense of gender identity. But some people from an early age experience a degree of distress. Gender is more and more coming to be viewed as a matter of choice. And society is becoming conditioned to thinking of gender identity as fluid rather than fixed and transgender is the label now commonly used for various ways in which people might live outside of the simple, traditional and biblical categories of male and female. The transgender question affects somewhere around one in tens of thousands of people, proportionally more males than females, according to their birth classification. Experts speculate about either nature or nurture being the better explanation for this. As with anyone, in any degree of discomfort, for any reason, our first response, indeed a Christian response, should be empathy. The question that might be asked is, how far should this empathy extend? Should a person be supported to alter their body, to conform to his or her perceived gender identity? Or should he or she be supported to receive counselling aimed at altering their sense of gender identity to conform to their biology? Or should they simply be supported in their contradictory state? As our culture shifts, society resists the idea of trying to, quote, correct a person's gender identity to conform to their biological sex. Clearly, changing someone's legal identity doesn't change their biological identity. In aspects of healthcare, care, it's important to know a person's biological sex. Some people prefer to see a woman doctor and may feel intimidated or uncomfortable if that doctor were to be transsexual. Sports organisations want to be sure that those competing in women's events do so on a level playing field. Which changing rooms and toilets should transsexual people use? The situation is more complex still if they've changed legal gender but had no hormonal or surgical intervention. The status given by Western society to self-determination and individual choice and the belief that technology can enable us to transform or escape what in the past was given, both of these combine to empower the view that gender identity should take priority over one's biological sex. The Bible teaches that God made human beings in his image and of two sexes, male and female, created he them. They are different by design, but equal in value. And as Paul makes clear in Galatians 3 and verse 28, both of those sexes enjoy equal access to God's grace. God gave human beings a stewardship mandate to multiply and fill the earth and equip them with complementary bodies in order to fulfil that plan. In uniting as man and wife, they would become one flesh, and the Apostle Paul teaches us that this exclusive and loving union would be a sign of the love and union between Jesus and the church. In a discussion with his disciples about marriage and divorce, Jesus refers to those born as eunuchs, that is, those who have no natural inclination to heterosexual marriage. Whilst Christians may have a range of views about gender role stereotypes, they do hold to a binary view of gender as God's created pattern and resist the redefinition of gender as fluid. The Bible makes no specific mention of transsexuality, with the warning against Cross dressing that's found in Deuteronomy 22 and verse 5, perhaps being best understood in context there as a comment upon actions aimed at blurring or confusing the clear gender distinctions within created design. Christians acknowledge that, as a result of the fall, things are no longer as they were meant to be. The knowledge of God is scarce and his pattern for humans to get the best from life is unknown or ignored by many. The fall distorts both the physical experiences and the cultural expressions of gender. But the good news at the heart of the Christian message is that God is a redeemer, graciously restoring something of his marred image in those who turn to him. He then works through them lovingly to restore something of the brokenness in surrounding society. Ultimately, his promise is that of creation being fully restored in the new heaven and new earth. But for now, we're individual works in progress, as the Holy Spirit continues to make us more and more like Jesus Christ. Christians should recognise the confusing complexity of the conflict being experienced by gender-conflicted persons. They can readily offer them acceptance, community and compassion – all the time pointing them to the one in whose image they've been made and in whom wholeness is found. To those wrestling with gender conflict, the gospel brings hope that the God who made us male and female can realign distorted identity and bring increasing coherence between sex and gender, even if such healing may not always be fully realised in this life. Many transsexual people experience profound loneliness sometimes aggravated by the shame and rejection they often feel being projected towards them by religious people by offering true friendship and acceptance christians can reach out in the same way christ reached out to the untouchables of his day true gender discomfort is not a willful choice not a deliberate sin Very few transgender people are intent on deconstructing meaningful categories of sex and gender. Compassion and empathy should be balanced with clearly teaching that God made humanity in his own image, male and female. Christians must find ways of helping gender-conflicted people experience welcome, identity and community amongst them, discovering for themselves a relationship with God the transforming power of his loving fatherhood and the wisdom of his ways. A merciful, compassionate Christian response will involve continuing to care for people whatever choices they make. However, continuing to provide care should not imply endorsement of such choices as morally right. How can it be in anyone's best interests to embark on strategies that disregard God's pattern in creation? acknowledging the lordship of christ means seeking god's grace and strength neither to surrender to our inclinations if they cause us to act contrary to divinely ordained patterns nor to encourage or assist others to do so wholeness is found in relationship with god and in following his ways and wisdom each of us is called to walk in obedience as a disciple of christ regardless of the cost to us personally just as when a Christian who experiences strong feelings of same-sex attraction chooses not to express them, but rather to live a life of faithfulness and celibacy. Our identity as Christians, whether male, female or gender-conflicted, is not in our felt gender, but in our gracious Saviour. In the words of one highly respected Christian doctor, John Wyatt, we are flawed masterpieces, undergoing restoration in the present and with a glorious future to come.
0: As usual, the transcripts of all the talks in this 11-part series are available together in book form, and the title is A Crisis of Identity. If you'd like a copy, just write in by post or email. I'll give you the contact details in a moment. And the talk you've heard today is also available to download via the internet in audio or text format. Anyway, to obtain the book, simply ask for A Crisis of Identity, and you can do this either by email or by post, and here's our address Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wootton Bassett, Swindon, SN48DY, UK. Our email address is SFT at churchesofgod.info. Many thanks for the privilege of your company today and I hope you enjoyed Brian's talk. And Brian will be looking next time with the help of the Bible at what happens when the values of society collapse. It would be great if you're able to join us but until then it's best wishes from Brian, David, our singers and me, John. So cheerio and may God richly bless you.